open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The True God, One in Three, and Three in One. O come, let us worship Him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is His also. It is His, and He made it, and His hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him.
the true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him. All that thou hast done to us, O Lord, thou hast done in true judgment, because we have sinned against thee, and not obeyed thy commandments. But give glory to thy name, and deal with us according to the multitude of thy mercy. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. We have thought of thy loving kindness, O God, in the midst of thy people. According to thy name, O God, so is thy praise unto the ends of the earth. Thy right hand is full of righteousness. Let Mount Zion rejoice, let the daughters of Judah be glad, because of thy judgments. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. All that thou hast done to us, O Lord, thou hast done in true judgment, because we have sinned against thee, and not obeyed thy commandments. But give glory to thy name, and deal with us according to the multitude of thy mercy. The Old Testament lesson for this twentieth Sunday after Trinity is written in the 55th chapter of the book of the prophet Isaiah, beginning at the first verse. Come, every one who thirsts, to the waters. Come, he who has no money, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which doesn't satisfy? Listen diligently to me, and eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in richness. Turn your ear and come to me. Hear, and your soul will live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander to the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you don't know, and a nation that didn't know you shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for He has glorified you. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call on Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His way, and the unrighteous man His thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and He will have mercy on him. To our God, for He will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the fifth chapter of Ephesians, beginning at the fifteenth verse. Brothers, therefore watch carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be drunken with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord 
giving thanks always concerning all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God, even the Father, subjecting yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand, and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, O Lord, deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy, and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant. Give me understanding, that I may know thy testimonies. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus answered and spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who made a wedding feast for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast. But they would not come. Again he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My cattle and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise, and the rest grabbed his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. When the king heard it, he was angry, and sent his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited aren't worthy. Go therefore to the intersections of the highways, and as many as you can find, invite to the wedding feast. Those servants went out into the highways, and gathered together as many as they found, both bad and good. The wedding was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man who didn't have on wedding clothing. And he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here not wearing wedding clothing? He was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, Take him away and throw him into the outer darkness. That is where the weeping and grinding of teeth will be. For many are called, but few chosen. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Paul says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making best use of the time because the days are evil. The days are evil. Who would disagree with him? Our Lord says of these days, these last days, that there will be wars and rumors of wars, nation rising against nation, and we're seeing it. Countries in Europe are losing an entire generation of young men to war, 
In the Middle East, hundreds of rockets and hundreds of bombs have fallen. Civilians have been tortured, used as human shields and killed. Families executed, babies murdered, hospitals destroyed. Wars and rumors of wars range everywhere from Europe to the Middle East to Taiwan. And all of this is going on as our own country sends billions to these wars and we ourselves see political turmoil, chaos, and corruption. And all of this is happening after years of plague and pestilence. Whatever your stance is on these issues, who would deny that these days are evil? Even in our own little town of Spencer, we're not immune from all this. In our prayers this morning, you'll hear that we're praying for many who are suffering, that are sick, that are ill, and members who have lost loved ones even this last week. Speak with people throughout the world or listen to the person next to you in the pew and you'll hear how people feel that they are shrouded in darkness. They'll say it in not so many words, but that's what it will come down to. They feel they're shrouded in darkness and don't know what to do. And when you hear that, what is there that you or I can say when it feels so suffocating. The days are evil. Paul gets no argument from us. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. How are we supposed to do that? How do we exercise Christian wisdom in darkness? How do we discern what's wise and unwise in evil days? And that's where our Lord comes in. That's where the gospel starts. Again, Jesus spoke to them in parables saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast. Again, in evil days, amidst dark and chaos, here is a king holding a wedding feast for his son. And even though the people face wars and rumors of wars like we do, his people, the king's people, have long been invited and been waiting for a beautiful, rich, peaceful feast to which they have among the chaos. As bombs fall and people are slaughtered, here the king sends his servants to tell all those invited that the feast is ready. Good news amongst a violent world. They have a chance with this invite, with the feast ready, they have a chance to leave death and destruction and go instead to the king's feast where there is life and joy and peace. In this context is where St. Paul speaks about walking wisely and making the most of our time in these days. So along with this parable, St. Paul says, Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That's one. Understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart. That's two. The gathering of the saints is what that is. And then he says, giving thanks always for everything to God 
the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's the third thing, giving thanks. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Again, St. Paul notes three things. He says we should walk wisely. Understand the will of the Lord. Be filled with the Spirit in the gathering, gathering of the saints. Give thanks to God. So notice that in the parable. The king sends out the invite. All the people have to do to understand the will of the king is to hear his word, hear that message, come to the feast. That's all it is. That's his will. Come to the feast. And if the people listen and go, there they will be filled with the Spirit and gathered with all those invited, with all the saints. And there at the feast, when they're gathered together, that's when they'll address each other in psalms and hymns. And after the feast, that is where they can sing the praises of the King for all that He has done for them. They can leave the war and bloodshed and all the foolishness of the world and come to the King's feast which is the king's will, in his wedding hall, in his fortress. And they don't have to do a thing for any of this. They just receive the word of the king from his servants, and there it is. Yet our Lord says in his parable, they who were invited would not come. They wouldn't come. So the king shows remarkable patience. Out of his excitement of the feast and love for his people, he tries again. Our Lord says, again, the king sent other servants saying, Tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. The first message was just, the feast is ready, come. The second message, or the second attempt at this message, is even more enticing. The king tells about how he himself prepared this feast. A feast of ox and fattened calves. Maybe in today's terms, it's as if the king said he himself prepared for you the filet mignon and the most succulent veal. And all you have to do is hear the word. But those invited paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. Those invited didn't know the will of the king because they refused to listen, to pay any attention. They despised the word of the king for their own work. Instead of gathering to enjoy the feast together, they seized the servants and treated them shamefully. Instead of offering thanks to the king, to the Lord, for all that he has offered to them, they kill those he sends. They had a chance to leave the death and destruction of the world. They could have gone to the feast of the king who loved them, who did all this for them. There was wisdom in the word sent. They could have made the most of their time by leaving the world and dining with the king and joining all his hosts at the table. 
But in their foolishness, they refuse to listen. That's what the foolishness is, refusing to hear the word. They were drunk with their own work, with their own hobbies, with their own obsessions. And so they decided in their foolishness to refuse the word and to join the evil in its day rather than join the king at his wedding hall, in his fortress. This is why it's called a parable of wrath, because what the king does next is he renders his judgment on those invited. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Perhaps the most tragic parable of the Scriptures at this point. There are those among us, if we apply this to ourselves today, there are those among us who are sick or weak. They can't make it to the feast. There are others who work jobs that care for others who need to serve them round the clock or to be ready for any emergency. Those people we have pity for, they receive an invitation to the feast and we bring the feast to them. And often they receive it with great delight. All that is to say, those people are not who we are talking about, those who cannot make it here. But to apply it to ourselves, every week the invitation goes out for the feast that is offered every Sunday. And how often are we tempted to despise this feast for something else, for work or sleep, for sports, or a store opening. Still yet, if we have guests that come and visit us, how often are we too embarrassed to invite them to church with us? Or if we're on the road, we see it not only as a vacation away from work and home, but also a vacation away from church. Even though we have churches around the country hosting the feast, or if we don't like what the messengers of God say, or the way they say it, what then? Is there gossip behind the messengers' backs? Is there going, do we decide maybe to go after the messengers' reputations? To go after people's jobs? The temptation, like it was for those invited, the temptation that arises is to despise the word of the king. That's at the root of all of this either by ignoring it or attacking those who proclaim it. And those who despise the word of the king think nothing will come of it, and they miss that in the end the king will send his troops instead of his messengers. And that's the dark part of this parable. That's what makes this a parable of wrath. That's the warning. Don't ignore the word. But really, what's most amazing in this parable, which really should get our attention, is what happens next. Our Lord says, Then the king said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. You see, the people won't come, but the king will have his feast. So he sends his messengers out to invite all those they can find. 
and they find many, many people, good and bad, the parable says. And the wedding hall is packed. What separates these guests that packed the wedding hall from those who were invited before? Why are these guests wise and making the best of their time while the others were judged by the king sending his troops? Well, we know it's not anything special in themselves. The group that was called by the roadside were those that were good and bad. In and of themselves, there's really nothing different between them and those invited before. And the messengers are really the same. There's nothing different about them either. So what's the difference? Well, the difference is simply this. It's the king's invitation. It's his word. The first group rejected it and despised it and refused to hear it. And those people on the main roads, they simply heard it passively. And that's the difference. The entire difference in this parable What happened to the people on the road that heard the word, that's what happened to you. The king sent his word to you through his messengers, your parents, your pastors. In your baptism, that's where you received the invitation, where the word came to you in the water, in teaching and catechesis and preaching later on, which all, in preaching and teaching and catechesis, that's where the word came to you. That's where you heard it. That's where the word formed you in the water. That was the invitation. And every time in baptism, in teaching, in preaching, every time the word is simply this, it is God saying to you, I have prepared the feast for you. I have sent my son to die for you. I prepared it myself. And here at this altar is the feast, his flesh given for you. And here is the cup of his blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Every time you hear the word, it is our king inviting you to the feast and telling you in his word, here is everything that is mine. Eat it, drink it. It is also now yours. Do you understand how significant that is? We do this week after week and Sunday after Sunday. Every week, church begins at 9, and you know the supper is going to be served, and it becomes routine. And in the routine, the temptation is to think of it as something lesser because it happens all the time, or just to go through the motions because it's so habitual. But do you understand what's happening in this parable? Every day out there, as St. Paul says, is an evil day with wars and rumors of wars, bombs and death and destruction. There's chaos, and life is completely being upended, if not ended entirely. There is suffering and pain. And amidst it all, every week, amongst that chaos, every week, there is the king inviting you to his feast. The feast which he himself prepared for you with the flesh and blood of his son who died and sacrificed himself for you. Who rose on the third day to justify you. Who in the flesh ascended into heaven and reigns there for you. Who offers that same flesh to you here. The king gives you a feast every week. He gives you a feast where you can come in away from the evil days that are out there. And in here you can receive salvation, life, and peace instead. 
We go through the deaths of many loved ones in a year. And here at this feast, we get to feast with them who were baptized and believed. There's loss out there, but in here there is no loss, there is no war. There's a wedding feast. And here in this feast is peace and life and victory every week away from what happens out there. So yes, this supper is offered every week. So hold this invitation. Hold this word. Hold this feast in the highest regard and don't think of it as anything but common. It's not common at all. Hold it up high every week. And this is what our Lord warns against against at the end of the parable. He says, But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. But the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. That is to say, if you don't recognize what's in this meal, if you don't confess that this is Christ's body and blood, or if you're not sure that you are sorry for a sin, do not come. Because anyone who comes to this feast without recognizing what this feast is, or without repenting, is judged as those previously invited were. If you're not sure that you can repent, take time in the Word and the commandments until they bring you to repentance, then come. But if you are wrestling with the sin and you are repentant of the sin and you see Christ's body and blood in this feast, come. Because in repentance, you remain in the wedding garment of your baptism. Without repentance, you remove the garment and you come up here on your own works. With the garment, you come in repentance for Christ's sake. But what's really, what's really remarkable about this wedding garment, about this part here, why we need the wedding garment is that the wedding garment tells us who we are at this feast. You're not mere guests being invited to the king's feast. We come to, the, we come to this feast at the king's invitation as the son's bride, as the church, whom he has cleansed in his blood and presented to the Father in glory. That's the wedding garment in which he prepares us as his bride. This is the son's wedding feast, and this is your wedding feast. This is the church's wedding feast. That is what is offered week to week, is the wedding feast of the bride and the groom, the son and the church. So then let us be wise in these evil days. Hear the word, and in hearing have the Spirit bring us to understand the Lord's will. Come to the feast. Gather together. Gather together here at the altar so that we can gather together at the resurrection. 
Let us eat and drink with the whole host of heaven and thank God with them in praise. Let us make the most of our time in these ways. Come to the altar. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grant, we beseech you, merciful Lord, to your faithful people pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, Remember not the sins of our youth, nor our many transgressions, 
but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.